This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Sami Zayn is now officially the oosiest thing in wrestling. Far more oosy than the war game stipulation that this show was actually built around. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by the jam that champion, Luke Owen, D-A-D. Stealing Tempest's gimmick. Oh, that's... that's. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do I know, the do thing. My, I know. Well, I, I forgot to do my finger thing. I was so focused on stealing Tempest's <laughs> Tempest thing. I was like, I forgot to do my finger thing. Uh, please press the subscribe <sighs> button. I hate forgetting the finger thing. Hit the thumbs up button and leave a comment down below with what you thought of this show. How did you fare on your predictions? Yeah, These please. guys got perfect scores. Absolutely. I uh, predicted a perfect card, me, mm. right from the get-go. I was like, yep. Yeah. I mean, I would say that this was a fairly easy card to predict. Yeah. Like I said on the Raw show last week that well, I think Austin Theory will probably win the belt because he's the new heel character. I did not expect him to win it in the way that he did, which Brilliant was finish. an accident. But I thought that they, But I thought, yeah, they'll probably put the belt on him. And yeah, I think everything else was by the books you'd imagine. Yeah, but somehow, Chopper Pequenel managed to finish with minus <laughs> one point. No, 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 he managed on net zero. Oh, net zero. Because he did get the, the main event correct. I think he'd lost points on his Joker. Mm. Uh, probably had Seth Rollins. Because I'd imagine that Tempest definitely had um, Ronda. Why choose... Seth to retain as a joker. You've got to be super confident. That's a four-point swing. Well, you say super confident, but I went with Jamie Hayter at full gear and look what that netted me. Mm. I wasn't I was just like, I went on a hunch. I went for a Hail Mary, I swung for the fences. Wow. And what it netted me was the jam that championship. Well, um oh, and also sending your um mm, that's not Oosie the right chats. one. Oosie chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one of them before the end of the show. But first, let's open with the end. The main event, which was a terrific Sami Zayn story. 
Yes, that is that is what I would say. The the match overall, which was long, was absolutely fine. In fact, <laughs> this whole show was just fine. But it had bits of Sami Zayn in. But every time Sami Zayn or Jey Uso or Roman Reigns was on screen, I was like, well, that's five out of five show, best of the year. Like all those backstage segments, I was like, there's nothing that touches this in the world of wrestling at the moment. And then you get Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey, which was absolutely pants. And then mm. you get a triple threat match, which was very, very good, but it was not as good as Sami Zayn. And then this main event, anytime Sami Zayn and Jey Uso went on screen, I was just looking, I was like, why aren't we talking about Sami Zayn and, and Jey Uso? I don't care about Drew McIntyre and Ridge Holland having some stuff with Solo and Jimmy. Mm. Where's Jay? Where's Sammy? Well, let's go through the what happened first, and then we can dive into our review of it. First, first of all, this was a story told throughout the premium live events. Sure was. That is a big tick for me. I love it when pay-per-views have night-long narrative threads holding themselves together. I love that with Raws and Smackdowns and just episodes in general, but I particularly like it when it's a concentrated story. Baron, it doesn't like take over the show as we've seen in many like attitude era mm -hmm. things where it's just like how quickly can we get back to vince or triple h backstage and stuff like that i thought this was the perfect amount of backstage segments you only needed three of them mm. and it was jay approaching roman to be like yo so get this because you don't come to smackdown anymore but get this i heard Sami Zayn and kevin owens chatting on smackdown and then Sammy lied about it to my face. Now's the time for us to get rid of him, get rid of this dead weight. He's not part of this family. And Roman pauses and he's like, is that so? Well, I'll look him in the eyes and I'll find out what really happened and where he really stands. And he pauses for ages and Jay leaves and then he just goes, wise man, get me Sammy Zayn. Oh, so good. And then Heyman... Um... Wait, Siri did. It was what? just like, but call, call Sammy Zayn. He didn't. He didn't activate the the phone. Do you not do that these days? What do you mean activate the phone? Well, he just he just picked up the phone and said, "Call Sami Zayn." Yeah. Usually, you need to say Siri or Alexa, right? Well, you can't show you know for sake of Billy Balance. Just in just in case anyone is watching this with uh, speakers, Siri, <laughs> call Sami Zayn. No, well, you... Siri. Uh, no, Alexa, call Sami Zayn. No, because you see, it doesn't work that way because no one's got Sami... Unless Kevin Owens is watching this. What you <laughs> want to do is go, Alexa, call mum. Well, we know Tony Khan <laughs> is, is probably watching this. It's just activated. It's activated. Yeah. And then in the second segment we got was Sami Zayn mm. with Roman Reigns. And Roman just says to him, did you talk to Kevin Owens? Sami realising that he's been dogged in, he's been caught, I, openly yeah. just says... Yeah, yeah, I did. And tells him the complete truth, which is Kevin Owens talked to him. He didn't talk to Kevin Owens. And the reason why he lied to Jay is because Jay had a big match and he didn't want that to distract him going into that match. Very, very sensible. And then he says, what did you and Kevin Owens? And he's just told the complete truth. He said, Kevin Owens says I should turn on you because you don't believe I belong here. He said I should turn on you before you turn on me. Using those words, actually. And Roman's like, cool. And then they had that hug. Mm. That proper, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin when he was mega heel <laughs> hug. Where, like, yeah, he's in a hug with Vince McMahon, but the camera stares at him and he's got this manic look in his eyes. Or Bully Ray yeah. in TNA hugging, hugging Brooke Hogan. <laughs> you thought of that? I thought of Harry Hill's joke about uh, Coronation Street or EastEnders. 
He calls it the, oh, I just left the oven on thing. <laughs> where you hug someone. It's a big trope in soap operas. A character hugs someone. You cut to the reaction of the person who's, you know, maybe doing something bad, but they're trying to cover it up. And their face just goes. <laughs> like, oh, no, I've left the oven oh, on. No. <laughs> Wait, did I leave the tap running? Yeah, yeah. Um, but this, I thought this segment was superb because there's so many bits in wrestling where you're like, yeah, well, you know, it makes sense for wrestling, I guess. It makes sense that Regal waited right until the end of the match where MJF could have actually been beaten multiple times to then do the turn. Yeah. But this was this was actually perfectly thought out. So good. As in, this is how people would actually act with those character motivations. With the exception of, you're right, like it's perfectly played out with the exception of Roman could literally just watch SmackDown and, and see what happened. He's a busy guy. <laughs> or Jay could just watch SmackDown and see what the conversation yeah, yeah. was. Yes. Yeah, I guess. But that's just a that's just a that's, meta that's just step a, too far. It's just a WWE thing. That's the way that, that as a company, they operate on the idea that the camera is there, but mm. also isn't there. And that also works both in stories. Sometimes they will reference the cameras there, and other times they won't reference the cameras there. Depending on what the story needs it, to move it along. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's why we like Pac so much, because he was just like, do you, do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> I know the elite are coming back. I watch the show too. Keith Lee literally was just like, I know what you did. Like I so said, when he was doing uh, little swerve, yeah. was cheating and stuff, I'd be like, I just watched the show. Like, I saw you cheat. Um, so then after that, we had, just before the main event, Jay went backstage to Roman and was like, what happened? And Roman just had such a good line where it was like, I got everything I needed to know, which still makes you intrigued. It could go either way. With, with that line delivery, I suddenly thought, is he going to turn on Jay? That's what I thought. I had that same thought. Because a lot of this show has been building to what, you know, it's Survivor Series, it's War Games, it's the Bloodline all teaming together with three months now of just growing tension between Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. And we all needed something to happen. And I just thought, well, we need something big to happen. And the, the big thing to do would be to turn on somebody. But what they actually did was just make everyone better friends. And it was so good, that was narratively fulfilling for everybody. Did, do you know what? There was a turn in this match. Everyone turned babyface in the bloodline. <laughs> <laughs> like, we need to stop calling them the, the big heel know, faction on I SmackDown. Know. They're the biggest babyface faction on SmackDown now. Because this whole, sh this whole match, people were into one thing, and that was Sami Zayn. And then being best friends with the bloodline. Yeah. So when Sami Zayn turned on Kevin Owens, it was like a yes, brilliant. Sami's joined the bad guys. And then they all hug at the end. And I was like, yes, yeah, Sami Uso, that's the one. When he stopped the pin with Kevin Owens, the crowd chanted, oh. Sami Uso. Sami, this is where your allegiances lie. Don't turn, don't go to Kevin Owens. Don't go to your best friend. Go to the baddie. That's the way you want to go. And yeah, when you he kicked him in the balls, uh, no, he loped just a classic uppercut to the testicles afterwards it was like yay, yay! they did the thing we wanted <laughs> not as good as dominic getting his dad <laughs> in the balls but you know pretty damn close it was, ne it was nearly good so yeah I, but the the match itself was like and really it's just this was you said this in your review this was less a match of the bloodline versus the brawling brutes and friends this was the bloodline versus themselves because I would argue the brawling brutes outside of Kevin Owens were mostly ineffective. 
yeah. in a lot, despite the fact that they also had the man advantage. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I've seen um, one of the main bits of criticism of the match was, well, you psychologically it was all off because you had the heels going in with a man disadvantage. Well, I mean, it, that would work if they were the heel group, but they're the baby faces. But that's so. the thing, yeah, the, the baby face act. This whole story was telling, and it's so weird. WWE for a decade plus has been telling us shades of grey, heels and faces don't matter anymore. It's about the characters and whether people are into the characters, which actually historically is true. If you look at the Attitude Era, the Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, they're dickheads. They cheat. They beat up baby faces. Yet they are super, super over as as good guys themselves. And I think this is is what this was here. In a way, because there was a moment in this match, I did write in my notes here, it's like, the good guy advantage is working for the bloodline Mm. storyline because, so Jay starts the match with Butch and then he like Butch is beaten down on on Jay, so Jimmy is going to go in next to save him from Butch and Ridge Holland, and Roman stops Jimmy from going in and sends Sammy in instead. Mm. I thought that was wonderful, really? so so great because I think the cage thing on the stage is so stupid. <laughs> it looks so cack, and everyone looks like a massive doofus while they're standing in these little cages. It's it's only WWE could do this. Like to take a concept like war games and be like, and then we'll put them in cages as well. Oh, that'll be cool. What this stipulation needs is two other cages. That's it. Yeah. And then we'll confuse people when we're telling them the rules. They're also the only company that cannot explain the rules of war games in a really <laughs> coherent manner. Ah, TNA. <laughs> I'd argue TNA did a better job of explaining lethal lockdown than <laughs> WWE do of war games. But regardless, it actually remarkably worked for this because you had Roman there sat in his chair, like this big mafia boss, mm. ordering Sammy to go down. So it works in that sense that they had the man disadvantage. But also at the same time, I am then watching babyfaces beat up heels. And I don't feel like the the babyfaces are getting retribution or revenge on them. I'm just watching them slowly beat up heels in quite a boring manner. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's true. And all my notes here are, well, what is Jay doing with Sammy? What's Sammy yeah. doing with Jay? And they bickered. Sammy was still always trying to help Jay, though. he I think he saved him at one point. He did. Later on, it was Jay who accidentally super kicked Sammy. So Sammy is just doing everything, a hundred percent committal to the bloodline. That super kick spot. So like he's holding up. Yeah. I can't remember who he was holding now, mm. but in the end, he, uh, Jay accidentally super kicks Sammy. Jimmy walks over to try and help Sammy up, and Jay's like, "No, he's all right." Like, well, I was like, "No, we need we to need, win. We the need match. to win." So they go and hit the super one D. The other spot that I really loved in this was when Jay Jimmy brings in loads of tables. Sammy tries to help Jay set one of the tables up and Jay just got as a go at him for it, being like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to help me? And Sam's yeah. like, I'm trying to help here. And Jimmy has to get between them to stop them fighting. And it just cuts back to Roman Reigns sat in his chair, looking like a disappointed parent and just being like, I'm seeing... And that's where I thought, he really is going to turn on Jay here. Mm. And it was really sowing these seeds in my head that, man, something is going to go down at the end of this match. Roman's performance by doing so, so little is staggeringly impactful. Oh, yeah. Like, just the the way he composed himself in the silly shark cage, just semi-squatting, thinking about things. Oh, my God, he looked like a mastermind. And the coolest mastermind. On the tables thing, uh, Jimmy brought in three tables. And in in the women's match, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, like when the crowd chant for tables, which of course they're going to do, please let a baby face bring in the tables. Yeah. And Bailey is the one that brings in the tables. Like it is 
it is so obvious to just let Nikki, not Nikki Cross, but Mia Yim yeah. or someone bring in the table here. I, I wrote in my notes when the crowd were trying for tables, like Nikki Cross, like the heel that she is, just brings in uh, kendo yes. sticks. Oh, what a dastardly heel she is! And then Bailey, like it, brings in loads of tables. Like, well, that that. That, that goes against what I thought they were doing then. I thought they were setting up for yes, a baby for a face baby to bring to in it. the tables. Exactly. Um, but here, when it is the heels bringing in the tables, like, yeah, fair play. They're the bloodline. Awesome. I, I would say, and both of these matches suffer from this as well. Mm. Because these are the first main roster War Games matches, they essentially had to kind of push the match to one side to instead just create highlight reel yes. moments because they don't have any main roster footage of this. So... It felt like a lot of the wrestling wasn't actually... It didn't matter. This is really bad in the women's match because the women's match didn't have the story mm. either. At least the men's match had the sto this story beat of Sammy, Jay, and Roman to fall back on. But the rest of the match was just, what high spots can we do in order to create a highlight reel for next year's video package? I definitely agree with that on the women's match. They had three top-of-the-cage dive spots uh, for that purpose, most likely. But in the men's, there was... Actually, like, what spots can you point well, to again, outside of the story? Spear bits? through the table. Like, yeah, I see but, that in everything. It, no, I know, but that, that's kind of my point, is that I actually feel that when you get to the main events, all the spots that they did didn't really mean anything because mm. I saw them all in the, the women's match. But they had to do them in this match because they need the footage to go into the highlight reel next year. So they'll probably have Ridge being speared through the table next year, the spinning solo through the table that we got, some of the chair shots and things like that. So they had to do these even yeah. though they didn't actually matter to the match because they need the footage. I would argue they neither mattered to the match nor did they take advantage of the actual unique stipulation of the match. The only thing I can think of in the main event that worked within the uniqueness of War Games was when we had the really quite cool spot where all the heels, bloodline, are in the middle, in between the two rings, and all the brawling brute baby faces do Seamus's clobbers yeah. over the top which was hilariously <laughs> convoluted to set up because there was a lot of people just getting in each other's way to be like, oh, no, sorry, okay, yeah, no you go yeah. you, I, i'll go next yeah, no, no, no i'll go next but i no, sorry i need to go here if, if you can go there mm -hmm. a lot of that convoluted but they got the shots so next year's highlight reel will have that so thumbs up it was it was a fine to watch match you know every, everyone's really good in it uh that this, I'm just getting this out of the way before we get to the very, very 100% good part. The Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre. Ke Ke Owens is okay because I feel like he was part of the story, so he will he has something of substance to do coming out of he this. He pinned Roman. Yeah. He had Roman pinned. Yeah. But Drew and the Brawling Brutes, I just thought, ah, oh, this is actually kind of undermining them. And compared to how they were just a couple of months ago, Sheamus off the back of the Gunther match, Drew at Clash of the Castle does make them feel like they're falling back into the upper mid card. Which is so weird because this whole feud was started around the Brawling Brutes. Mm. Like this whole feud felt... The whole reason we got to War Games is because the Bloodline attacked Sheamus. And like, so I thought, okay, so we're building this to do Sheamus versus Roman. And Sheamus was left till last for his team. And I was like, oh, because he's being presented yeah, yeah. as the star of this group because it's going to be him versus Roman. And then he didn't factor into anything whatsoever. And I was like, oh, oh, well, Cool for Seamus, I, yeah. I guess, then. But, I'm, I mean, they'll probably still do a, a feud with him and Roman, but he got nothing out of this match. I will say other positive before we get into the main one. Solo Sokoa is freaking Yeah, he's cool. great. Like, at the start, just from the entrance, all the bloodline are doing their thing, and Solo Sokoa is just back to the audience, just looking at the 
brawling brutes team in the cage. Like, yeah, no, mate, no, mate. not having it. He's great, but the the ending was so so good. All of the criticism we've just said, I don't care. Yep. Because what happens as we, I think we've already said, Owens has it won. He hits the pop up power bomb and the stunner on Roman Reigns. Referee is going to count one, two. Sami Zayn has not touched Kevin Owens in this whole thing so far. They've on purposely been kept apart. And he doesn't break up the pin here by kicking Kevin Owens. He holds the referee's arm, which gives this wonderful moment. It was like Zayn was caught in the act. His hand is in the cookie jar, and Owens is just looking at him. While he has the WWE champion pinned, the UE champion, and Zayn is holding that referee's third count up. And Kevin Owens just like they stand up, they both stare at each other, and Kevin Owens just shouting, "Is this your family? Oh. Is this your family?" And Sam is like, "Yes, this is my family." And Jimmy gets between them, and he goes to throw a super kick at Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens catches that super kick. Sammy does his one offensive move on Kevin Owens. What? Sorry, two offensive moves, mm. but the first of which is he low blows him, and it sends Kevin Owens into the corner, perfectly set up for a Sammy Zayn halluva kick. But does Sammy get the pin? Well, but just before that, I think Sammy asks Roman's permission, like before he hits the halluva kick. Mm. Oh. But then, yeah, he he stands back and he gives that pin to Jay. Literally says to Jay, there you go. And he offers up his best friend, the man he was best man for at his wedding, to be like, pin him. Jay hits the splash. Jay Uso, of all people, is the one to get the pin in this War Games match. While Roman Reigns is essentially recovering from the stunner that Kevin Owens gave mm. him, just watching all of this unfold. It is so beautiful and just brilliantly performed by every single person involved. And afterwards, the bloodline all gather together and Roman embraces Sammy, which we've seen a load of times, uh, but still always cool. And at this point, Sammy still looks conflicted over yeah. what he did. Yeah, that doesn't all, go. He always looking, I think it does at one point. Mm. So he looks conflicted <laughs> when he kicked Kevin. Or he conflicted when he stopped him conflicted when he attacked him conflicted when he let jay do it and when roman hugged him he just has tears in his eyes he's just bawling tears because he's just turned on his best friend and he's still looking conflicted about what he did and then jay uso hugs him and jay uso doesn't just hug him this is like a proper brotherly embrace of like i knew i could trust you all along and he gives him this big like monster hug and everything and that's the moment when Sammy's confliction drops away. Yeah. And he is like, I am an Uso. I am not just an honorary Uso. And that's what Michael Cole's like, you might as well drop the honorary thing now. Yeah. He is part of this family. And all of Sammy Zane's confliction just goes by the way. And he's like, yep, I made the complete right choice. I'm with my family now. It's so good. Jay gives him that big initial hug. And then he gives him a second hug where he lifts him up like he's a proud like father. Oh my God. And Corey Graves has this killer line. I can't remember the first part of it, but it's essentially, you know, family, friends, you don't really know who you can trust. But when you're in battle, all you need to do is look to the person fighting beside you on the right. And that's what happened between Sammy and Jay here, where it's not a, this is an action proving the words. And Jay, character wise, is a very difficult person to win over. Like you saw that with the whole Jay Roman saga during lockdown so that it's taken a long time but i can see jay now being sammy's biggest proponent 
Now, like, it's not going to be a, a little gentle switch. Jay will swing from, I don't trust you at all, to I'm 100% your brother for life now. So the bloodline's never been stronger. This has got to now be building towards a fall because while the hug and Jay's acceptance was very cathartic for Sammy, and I think for us, I, I welled up. So did I, 100%. <laughs> and I couldn't explain why, mm. but I, I genuinely, when Jay hugged him, I genuinely got emotional for it. And I think it was for Sammy. Yeah. yeah it yeah. was for Sammy to be embraced by Jay, this man that he's been trying to get to for so long, trying to get through to. And I genuinely did get slightly welled up. The crowd did too. Like the crowd popped, the biggest pop on the, the whole show. The crowd weren't great though for the whole thing, I would say. And then when they're celebrating, Sammy is constantly looking over his shoulder to Owens on the floor. And he he looks upset. So I think... I think this is the so from a sort of hero's journey. What's it? Who, who did that? The hero's journey philosopher guy, uh, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that guy. Uh, he he wrote that you sort of go into the forest as sort of the hero's myth, and then you you become one with the forest, like you take on all the things, but then you realize, oh, but I've lost the person I was before, and actually, it's about creating a synthesis from the person you've become from the person you were before. And that's the final third act character resolution bit. So now Sammy has fully committed to the bloodline. He now has what he always thought he wanted. But that means he's betrayed what he needed. So I think that is that moral weight is going to slowly make Sammy crumble. And uh, it's just just one of the best stories WWE's done in years. It really is. And it's. It's easily the best thing in WWE right now. It's head and shoulders above anything else that WWE is doing. And SmackDown's got some fairly good stuff going on. I say some other stuff. It's got the Bray Wyatt um, <laughs> and his feud with LA Knight, which I feel like is... I feel like the Bray Wyatt stuff is like it's it's stalled a couple of times because mm. Bray's just coming out and cutting the same promos every week, but LA Knight's now doing promos with him. But this is so much better than anything else that's on SmackDown. It's so much better than anything else on Raw. It's better than anything that's going on in AEW right now. It's just, it's the best thing in wrestling. And it's so, so great. It's actually making up for the fact that nothing else in WWE is actually that great <laughs> at the moment. Raw is in desperate need of a good storyline right yeah. now. But this Bloodline thing is so great that I'm like, ah, maybe you don't need it right now because I'm, I'm so focused and I'm so in on this. I can't believe we wanted Drew to win at Clash of the Stars. <laughs> Just before we get on to everyone's thoughts on the uh, the super chats, the Usi chat, sorry. Where do you see this going now? That was going to be my question to you. Is like, where? when do you do the turn? I've always said that I think the Royal... I love how this storyline is almost like the big overarching series arc. Um, but then you have the episodes, you've got different bosses to beat. So I wouldn't... I would have the bloodline just kicking ass concentrate on some actual singles feuds so uh i think the new day should off the back of this go free bird rules for the tag team titles so sammy can defend it with jay sammy can defend it with Jimmy. Oh, you mean the usos not the new day sorry sorry yeah and then you know, have a feud with the new day i think roman will probably face kevin owens for the title off of this yeah i think they'll do sheamus at the rumble and if oh, he really well, only because Elimination Chamber or whatever the February pay-per-view is going to be is in Montreal. Yeah. And I think if you're going to do a Kevin Owens title shot, 
you probably want to do it in Montreal, particularly if you've got this Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens storyline as well. Like that is when it's going to be at its apex hottest mm. in terms of crowd reactions. So I would I would save it for then rather than doing it at the Rumble. Unless you have Sammy win the Elimination Chamber by accident. Well, then you go back into my fantasy yeah. booking idea that I had. But that's again, like, if it's an Elimination Chamber show, which we don't know if it's going to be yet, because Trips is talking about getting rid of the gimmick pay-per-views. Elimination Chamber being one of those. And just trying to find a way, like, where does it fit in the calendar, as opposed to it being every February we do the Elimination Chamber, and every October we do Hell in the Cell. I interpreted Triple H's comments, this is in the post show media scrum whatever they call them as actually elimination chamber is more like royal rumble where they are fixed parts of the calendar to decide title shots in subsequent pay-per-views um because i thought did he say this or something you it's very easy to go i challenge you to a war games i challenge you to hell in a cell how do you go i challenge five other people (laughs) yeah the same with money in the bank it's like i challenge you and six other people to a uh, money in the bank ladder match I guess so, but there is the was that report that he's looking to just get rid of gimmick pay per views completely, mm. so that he can make Hell in the Cell important, make Elimination Chamber because Elimination Chamber wasn't always a February thing. It used to be a match that was throughout a year. It would be in different points. Yeah, and I the report as he wants to t- take it back to that, so it becomes like a attraction that you can do at regular points throughout the year, as opposed or not regular, but at different points in the year, mm. as opposed to it is always in February. Uh, the yeah, so I I think the most Fertile ground to take the next big chapter of this story is the Royal Rumble, because then you will have all the members of the bloodline, presumably, I hope, I goddamn hope so, working together <laughs> uh, and not turning on each other. And maybe you do end up with Sammy and Jay in the final two. That's very sort of damning of the rest of the roster. But you look at what WWE have been doing with the bloodline. They do push it over everything else. Yeah, I mean, that is also the, the the other side of this conversation is that, yes, this is the best thing in WWE right now, but it is at the detriment of every single other wrestler that's on the WWE mm. roster. Because as we were just saying then with the brawling brutes and Drew, boy, howdy, do they not feel important anymore? All the titles are in the bloodline, but I, I can't... I, but you I can't argue with it, though. Can't, so good. You can't argue with the choices yeah. to do it, though. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, right, let's see on your Uzi chats. Breaststore.com uh, forward slash support. Get in your Uzi chats and we'll read out every single one over five US dollars before the end of the show. Laxin Marasimhan B. Memberg for 14 months says all is Uzi again unless they, for some reason, decide to pull the 2014 Shield after payback move. Yeah, Pete and uh, Tempest made this on the, uh, uh, the remark on the live reactions yesterday which is that, you know, the Shield were like, oh yeah, we've just beaten Evolution. Like, There's no stopping us. And then Seth turns on them. Yeah. Like, come SmackDown, do they just turn on Sammy? And we're like, out, you know, to swerve you, the audience, you just think that everything is fine. And that's when they do the turn. Because one of the photos from the gallery is of the five of the bloodline celebrating. And it is Sammy, like, roaring in celebration, his T-shirt all torn up, Solo looking stoic, and Jimmy looking, you know, very pleased because the family's together. But it's Roman and Jay just looking at Sammy mm. with a look of just like, well, for now... Yeah, we're here. So yeah, they could just turn on them on, on SmackDown. Oh, I think that rather than waiting. <laughs> I don't think this regime would do that. I don't think so either. But you know, Charles Berg, it was everything we wanted. I can see great wrestling anywhere. The thing I care about is stories, real three-dimensional characters, or with their own goals slash hidden agendas, whose actions impact more than just themselves. Real people with real problems. Yeah, yeah. that's why it stands out. Uh, Johnny Strickland, if this is leading to anything other than Sammy winning the belt, belts at Mania, I will be upset. Jam that jam, fellas. Keep it oozy. I mean, we all thought it was going to be Sammy and Kevin going after the tag titles, but at this point, it feels like Sammy going for the main belt is actually a bigger thing. But I also don't think you should damn this whole story if that doesn't happen, because I think you could still do Owens and Sammy take on the Usos. That would be just as good, and Roman can have whatever part-time a match with the rock he's gonna have well that's that's the thing as well like i think a lot of people are still putting this idea that there's gonna be a big thing at wrestlemania so forgetting that wrestlemania is the part-time celebrity show and it likely is still going to be roman versus the rock so yeah so while we are very much enjoying this storyline they're gonna logan paul this for a month where we just sort of put everything on hold because we've got a celebrity match for the big pay-per-view to do 
Uh, and we'll just do these ones from Mr. Kajili because we're going to talk about the women's war games match after that. Uh, Mr. Kajili says, hey, lads, good night last night. But again, no direction for Alexa, only a mid-level feud with Nikki for now. But no heel turn or any Bray stuff that feels dropped or pushback for now. Have you seen her BT interview where she says the title isn't her priority? <coughs> no, I haven't. Uh, no. Is her willingness... But I will say I never listen to any <coughs> wrestler interviews. <laughs> Is her willingness to let other and new talent have the big moments harming her where Triple H sees it as a weakness and that's why she's not being used correctly or even given a high spot in the war games? Perhaps Alexa needs to start being more selfish. Thoughts? The only hope spot for me was the look she shot her team at the end. Gives me some hope of a turn or even change in her current situation. Hope she's okay physically as she was holding her head after with her concussion history. We can never be too careful. Jam that jam. Um, I honestly don't think that BT interview or Alexa's comments in there have any bearing on her push <laughs> in, in WWE. I would wager Triple H doesn't even know that she has done that interview or what has been said in said interview. Um, I think that is you putting more onto it there than perhaps is warranted. I, I mean, we'll we'll talk about the Alexa Bliss thing now. I guess over yeah, into, yeah, into the match now. itself because on oh, you should have seen her on Raw. Mm. You have never seen a wrestler look more bored. It was like you know when Ronda Rousey came back, yeah, and she was like, "At the second place, like, what am I even doing here?" Well, at least Ronda looked kind of grumpy, uh, but Alex just looks like she. I mean, there's going through the motions, and then there is. Like not even going through the motions of doing the the smile, like it's so checked out. I, I've I've got to think it's intentional. Well, that's that was what people said to me and Dan when we were talking about how bored she looked, being like, "Oh, it, it, maybe it's an intentional thing because of all the Bray Wyatt stuff." But a, there's like no reference to it on commentary. So yeah, there are. Well, that she looks bored. Well, not bored, but like that she's having problems, like that she's not really going anywhere at the moment. I don't know. Like, maybe I've missed that. Yeah. Um, that certainly has not been on Raw because she's just not focused on whatsoever on Raw mm. because she is a background player to four other people and Bianca Belair. So maybe I'm wrong on that one. But the other side of it is, is that if it is a performance thing, it's a terrible performance. Yes. Yeah. Because A, she looks bored. And then B, in this one, she looked like it was a lackluster, I'm not really trying. Yeah. Because she came out and did her entrance as normal. She's not selling that something is bothering her. And it's like, oh, I'm this tortured soul. And there's these things that are conflicting within my mind. She came out being like, yeah, no, I'm here. I'm a wrestler mm. today. And... But like, but also putting on like a, a, a fake version of that. That's just like, well, I'm being paid to be here, so I better put on some sort of performance, I guess. And then she ran down to the ring as normal. She got in the ring and wrestled as normal. She would she hit her spots as normal, and then that was it. Yeah, but not it's even a, as normal. She wasn't like posing or going, "Come on, crowd." It was just, yeah, it was a bored performance, <sighs> but it didn't feel like it was a bored performance on purpose. Just a bored performance because she's bored. Yeah. Well, yeah, we well, don't actually. It's an amazing performance. <laughs> she's so, she's so good at playing bored that she made me think she's actually bored in real life. She's gone method. But like, the, if you were to be actively wrestling bored, you would go. Oh. She did yawn when she was in the in the, uh, when she was in the shark cage. There was a shot of her yawning. Wow. Uh, the, the rest of this match, though, it was of course damage control. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Cross versus Bianca Belair. Alexa Bliss, 
Don't tell me. Mia Yim. Asuka. Mm-hmm. And Becky Lynch. Yes. Um, the reason I struggle to remember those is because I just don't feel like there's any storyline bringing there them together. Is no, well, I mean, there sort of is because Damage Control did yeah. injure Becky Lynch in in At Big Summer Bucky, Slam, in yeah. Big Bucky O'Hare is because it was actually Bianca Belair that injured her in the match, <laughs> but they you know wrote it to be the in in kayfabe. It's absolutely fine. This match can be summed up in a handful of words. High spots, Becky wins. <laughs> like that, that is all that happened. This match went like nearly half an hour and absolutely bugger all happened in it with the exception of some big high spots and then Becky won. Yeah, it's a match that was entirely built around Becky Lynch. Uh, it was like one elongated hot tag because Becky came out last, which means Becky didn't come out until 25, 29 minutes in. Because they were long gaps, right? They were like three minutes between each. Yeah, so each. two and a half minutes, three minutes between each person. Yeah. yeah, so five minutes for the first two. And then you've got 12 minutes after that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a long time. Yeah. Um, Becky Lynch comes in and then you get about five minutes. And then, yeah, Becky wins. And that that's the story. And that isn't a long running story. That was a story that started not 24 hours before on SmackDown when Becky made her return. Yeah. It came down to uh, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch teaming up together against Damage Control with, you know, a disadvantage in terms of people. But it didn't matter because Damage Control suck. (laughs) And uh, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch quite easily beat them, barely an inconvenience. And Becky Lynch won quite easily. So it doesn't really set up much of a Becky versus Bailey feud because Bailey can beat them all quite easily on her own. This is the Bianca Belair problem again. When Bianca Belair just beat up all three of them on her own, they'd be like... Maybe I'll need some friends. But you don't. You're all right on your own because this team suck. And everything you need to know about this match is from those crowd reactions. Bear in mind, it's the opening match. So this is when the crowd are at their hottest. They're most excited to see wrestlers. So you've got a great reaction for Becky. A great reaction for Be- uh, for Bliss. Great reaction for Asuka. Crickets for Mia Yim. Mm. Which is to be expected. She's brand new on TV. So the crowd don't know to react to her big. Um, and then Nikki Cross. Barely a reaction. And um, Rhea Ripley got a great reaction yeah, yeah. because they're really into Rhea Ripley. And Damage Control come out to absolute silence. And I was like, you have ballsed up this group mm. something fierce. Because they, they just they feel like absolute jabronis. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I thought they did leave enough in the tank for Becky and Bailey to spin off into a singles feud. Uh, because Becky ultimately jumped off the top of the cage, did a kind of... She like dropped them. Yeah, or did she sit on them? No, she bum dropped them. She sat. She sat on them for a very high height. Yeah, through a table. Uh, both Eo Sky and Dakota Kai. Yeah. So just both of them. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> uh, because they're crap. But Belair had taken out Bailey because she's crap. Yeah, but I I feel like Becky and Bailey. There's more there. The the thing that I was most excited about is just Rhea Ripley. I would have liked to have seen her just dominate and lay out more people. But she got misted. I think Rhea Ripley is so well booked at the moment. She's got to beat Belair because Belair has just become one dimensional. She's won again here. Uh, yeah. But she's stuck in her own feud with Mia Yim. So she needs to get through that first. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like I, The thing I was most into in this match was the Becky Ripley stare down. Yeah. I was like, that's now that's a match I want to see. Like That's a feud I want to see. It's between those two. But yeah, Ripley is, is in this Judgment Day OC thing. I really feel like they shouldn't have been in this match. 
and they should have just done the traditional Survivor Series between the OC and Judgment Day as a four-person match. Yeah. Because I, I think they were pretty much ineffective in... Like, they didn't further their storyline in this match. Mm. So that means that them being in this match was ultimately worthless, other than filling some spots and being there for the highlight reel. Yeah, you're right. I, this didn't feel like much progressed, apart from Becky is here now. That's it, and yeah. she won. But I, I already got that she's here now because she came back on SmackDown. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it was a fun match to watch, but it was also a very superficial match where there was nothing really to... To go into deep. It was a McDonald's match. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I delicious. Ate well, no, like I ate it. Mm, that was delicious. But there's no like, there's no calories to it. Like, there's no nutritional value to me eating that. Like, my life is not better <laughs> having eaten it. And who's the gherkin? <laughs> or do you keep the gherkin? Well, you keep the gherkin. In, so it has mm. to, the gherkin has to be Becky Lynch, then I suppose. Right. Oh no, well, Becky probably have to be the. If it's a Big Mac, she is one of the burger patties. Uh, we had about, you know, just a video package for Brock Lesnar. Here's some T-shirts well, to buy, the, as is the way. It's the Peacock ad breaks. I know. Liv Morgan's video package, off by heart. <laughs> I've seen that thing like 18 times. I, I know the Cody Rhodes one better. <laughs> <laughs> We've got AJ Styles versus Finn Balor next. Uh, which you said should have just been a, a War Games match between well, the factions. A, a Survivor Series match. Yes, Th this, that would have been fun. This was a Survivor Series show with no traditional Survivor mm. Series matches on it. And I think this would have been the perfect spot to have a Survivor Series match and build to AJ and Finn as the leaders. Because where do you go from here after this? Because you've already done the, the end boss versus end boss fight. I'll tell you. Uh, I like this match because it was a straight singles match. Yep. Um, there was no in there was Dominic interfered early on and that caused a faction brawl through the crowd. So they wrote out all the interference early. And we're just AJ and Finn. And I thought they had, I just love watching them wrestle. Nowhere near as good as their TLC match. No. From five years ago. But still just like, it was just good, good in-ring wrestling. Do you, know, yum, 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 yum. do you know how good these two work together? AJ did his moonsault DDT and it worked. And it hit it. And it hit it. If AJ Styles can do his moonsault DDT <laughs> and land it, you know he's in the ring with the right person. Because this match was... I, you know, I, I would much rather this have been Judgment Day versus OC because that is the story that we were building to mm. up until this point. The whole point of me and Ian being there is to be the re-illusion for their team. But uh, I'm still glad we got this match because it was good, very good. I think they can have a better match. Yes. This, I, I feel like this is Styles and Nakamura in WWE. Like every time you watch it, you'll be like, I, I feel like you can go a step further than this. There's two versions of that, isn't there? There's like, oh, you didn't have the match I thought you were going to have. But then there's the, ah, oh, you had a great match, but I know you can have a better match, but you didn't do that match. You just gave us a really good match this time because you're saving it. This was of the, ah, that wasn't as great as I thought you could be. Unlike their 2017 TLC match, where I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait for the next one because it's going to be even better. And that was already great. Um, but they're two apiece now. I think you can one tell us. Hmm? One apiece. One apiece, sorry. AJ Styles just won kind of out of nowhere, actually, with a phenomenal form. Yeah. Not that it was a surprising spot. He fully telegraphed it, which I was thinking, okay, so Finn's going to reverse or there's going to be more interference. Nope, just AJ won. But I think you can now tell the story. Finn's got one, AJ's got one, and hopefully we can actually have a full-on singles match because this didn't get much time either. It got 10, 12 minutes, I think. Yeah. It felt like 
just something to put in between the War Games matches. And that's that's the problem. Is it did feel like filler. It was kind of amazing looking at the reaction to this online as well, because I, I sort of went to Twitter and stuff. The kind of reaction to this, people thought this match was a bit boring. Oh, I don't think which, it was boring. Uh, which I, I would massively disagree with. I actually thought this match was, was, was dead good. Mm. Uh, but it did also just feel like filler. Again, which is why like, I don't want AJ and Balor to feel like a filler match. It's why I'd yeah. much rather the, the Survivor Series match. And they, they had a great video package, I thought, and they got over, like, Michael Cole's reeling off New Japan and Bullet Club things. I don't think he said Bullet Club by name. Um, no, he, he did it Crown Jewel, he did didn't he? Crown but he didn't on this one. He just they call it the club. But yeah. I, I thought this was a, a very, very good match. Yeah, um, but they can do better. This was ultimately filler. Um, speaking of, uh, <laughs> uh, Shotzi was always this match was always not going to be good because no. <laughs> I don't think it needed to be this bad. No, 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 no. It didn't need to be. Didn't need to have Ronda actively sabotage oh. her own performance. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah look, because like Shotzi, she's got a good look. She's got a little tank. I want the tank to shoot it up more, like the Dudley Boys entrance or yeah, China's but entrance, it, but in reverse. <whistles> yeah, well, because the Dudley's one came down. Oh yeah, and it exploded up onto the but stage. China had the she bazooka. had the rocket launcher. Yeah, did that set off pyro? No, no, it just like just did like little sparks mm. like coming out of it and stuff. I think she shot on like. Yeah, I I don't know how you would do that because of course she does a circle. I don't know how you rig that firework mm. thing up. Find a way. Chris Angel can disappear in front of my very eyes. <laughs> Surely they can do that. I suppose the, the the bigger issue the tag has got TCB written on it, which looks yeah. well pants. Yeah. Um, and, but I'm saying I I like Shotzi, but she's she's a bit botchy as well. She's botchy, Shotzi. I, oh, oh yes, but all of the bots in this match were not her fault. Well, that's it. Yeah, she tries hard, and I admire that. Ronda does not try anymore. No, this second run for Ronda has been very bad. But she's like the only protected person on the SmackDown Women's roster. So like everyone else in the roster looks absolutely pants now because none of them can be. Ronda, but Ronda's actively not trying anymore. Mm. And it was, I mean, I i loved this match because it was so much fun watching Ronda Rousey refuse to take moves. <laughs> and actively, like they did this like slingshot DDT over the ropes to onto the ring apron. And Ronda literally went, nah, yeah. And then pretended to sell it afterwards, be like, oh, ow, I guess, I guess I hurt myself. She kind of sat down and then rolled onto where her head should have <laughs> should have spiked onto the apron. Um, poor Shotzi just threw herself into an abyss. Every like Shotzi at every turn was like, cool, and then we'll do this spot. And I was like, yeah, probably not though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save that for when Charlotte's back. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was yeah, it was a bad performance. Who is? More bored, Alexa Bliss or Ronda Rousey? Ooh, I mean, that's tough. Because there's at least a question mark over Alexa Bliss of like, oh, is it intentional mm. for a character thing? Whereas Ronda's 100% intentional. She doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, so I guess Ronda is the one who looks the most bored of the two because at least Alexa feels like she's, start, she's trying to hit moves. But Ronda is just like... Like, the ending of this match, and this... Perfectly sums up Ronda Rousey in her second run in WWE to a T, where Shotzi does a dive off the barricade onto Ronda and Shayna Baszler, and they land on a bunch of plants. So they've wiped out members uh, of the audience. Plants, not like succulents yes. that you see in modern homes. No, but 
three actor fans. Three actor fans. So they wipe out audience members and Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And this directly leads into Ronda Rousey hitting her finish and winning. Yes. <laughs> so Shotzi didn't even get a near fall off the back of this. She rolled her in the ring. Ronda Goffman was like, yeah, cool. Time to go home. I've got, I've got a plane to catch. Can we wrap this up? I took that as Shotzi had been distracted by Shayna and that, like, you know, Shotzi sacrificed herself to take out five people. Ronda took one, one fifth of, which of the was damage. Ronda. She took one fifth of the damage. She took all of the damage. Which let she Ronda... She was at the front. Um, I like that spot. Oh, that, yeah, that spot was wonderful. That, that was a fun spot and I appreciated them putting something in like that for what was always going to be a throwaway thing. Um, but, yeah, Ronda, Ronda won afterwards. It's just like... Just do a squash. Yeah. Maybe. But then that really undermines Shotzi. I know. This was bad. It, it is bad. And SmackDown's women's division is crumbling around Ronda Rousey's lack of caring because she now doesn't have any title contenders. Yet on Raw, we just opened with a match that had 10 women in it. And that's not even all of the 10 women that are on Raw. There's a multiple. Dana there's a Dana Brooke. There's Candice LeRae. Like, there are other mm. women that are on that Raw brand. And yet none of them feel like they're also title contenders to uh, Bianca Belair. Dewdrop. Dewdrop's on that show, exactly, yeah. So there's like loads of women there. It's just that none of them feel like they're title contenders. And SmackDown is has no one, and the ones that they do also don't feel like title contenders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Charlotte will be back soon. That's what they're waiting for. Yeah. I, I know I, I've been here so many times before with this company. I know when they're in waiting for Charlotte. <laughs> We just did Charlotte Ronda. That was our WrestleMania program. Know, yeah. We don't need to do it again at WrestleMania. Yes, they do. Well, no, I'm look, I'm playing WWE. I think they should just draft some. I think they should balance the women's rosters a bit better, and then have Ronda go through a few people there. But yeah, uh, WWE definitely wants to do Charlotte Ronda again. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because you know the money match you'd think would be Ronda and Becky. But I think Becky's looking at me like, I don't want to work with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather work with someone who wants to try at WrestleMania. Thankfully, the match before the main event, which was the US Championship three-way, was magnificent. I think actually in ring work-wise, um, in ring drama-wise, this was the best one. Absolutely, by, yeah. By some way. I would agree. Because the story stuff with Sammy and Jay and Roman was magnificent and the best overall thing on the show but if you're looking for wrestling, this was it. Three, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, United States title, 15 minutes all in all. They were always working together. It was just three-way spot, three-way spot, three-way spot. I loved it. But even when they were doing one-on-one -on -one stuff, it wasn't for very long. It wasn't like a protracted singles match that some mm. Attitude Era uh, triple threats might have felt like. Um, can I get my negatives out of the way oh, first? Because because I, I, I loved this match. I thought yeah. this match was terrific. Easily matched of the night. I thought that everyone was great in their performance in there. If I was to be critical of this match, though, and, and I shall, uh, I thought that the way that Austin Theory won does not work with this new character that we're supposed to be presenting, which is he cashed in unsuccessfully on Seth Rollins on the same night that Seth Rollins had two open challenges for his belt. Mm. So he's an idiot and he's bad at being one of those. So the following week, complete <clears throat> character reset. He's now a serious heel. He's not the youngest this, that, or the other. He's not the guy that takes selfies. He's a serious wrestler now that does wrestling and he's a real wrestler now which I thought was slightly undermined on Raw when he ran away from Bobby Lashley like his old character would have done. And here, 
if we're supposed to be this new wrestler we take seriously, I would have not had him win in a fluke and win by accident, because that's mm. what the old Austin theory would have done. Secondly, I would not have had him come out to Beyblade. Yes, that is a big that is a big bad. Because he's supposed to be this new badass heel character, and he comes out with Beyblade graphics because they've got a Beyblade. I don't know, something Beyblade to promote. I cannot believe that Beyblades are back for, for, for reference. And he's coming out and just Michael Cole's talking about Beyblades. And I was like, this is massively undermining <laughs> him as a serious threat to this title because he's a Beyblade. He's a child. I was trying to, I was like, is, is this his new gimmick? Yeah, that's I, what I'm like. I was looking at it, I was like, are those fidget spinners? Is he just going to be like an annoying person from 2018? Um, yeah, WWE just cannot do sponsorship right, can oh, they? Well, tell that to Stephanie McMahon because <laughs> she'll sell on the investors' course. Like, see how great our sponsor integration is? This would have fit the old Austin Theory character. Mm, yeah. Would have fit him perfectly. But this new Austin absolutely does not fit this new Austin Theory character. So it just... It, I don't think we have had a character reset. I still think he is the bad Austin Theory from a couple of months ago, just without the briefcase now. From a sponsor perspective as well, you know, it's Beyblade, it's for kids. Let's put it to the heel. Yeah. Let's give it to the heel to sell these things. But he is the, he's the young, handsome one. I guess so. On your first point on Austin Theory winning via a fluke, let's just go through the, the finish first, because I thought it was magnificent. Um, there were a bunch of three-way spots, but the final three-way spot, after loads of chaotic back and forth, everyone hitting their moves on each other, Seth Rollins had leapt off Theory's back to hit a stomp on Lashley. Rollins hits a superplex, comes up for the Falcon Arrow on Austin Theory, as is his way. Up, Theory's up for the Falcon Arrow, and Bobby spears Seth. That crumples Seth up. Theory lands on Seth. One, two, three. I didn't see that as a fluke. I didn't really even see that as a character bit. I saw that as this match was so full on, especially in the last five minutes, it could just, anything could happen. And I feel that my reaction was mirrored in the crowd because the crowd shots were shown afterwards and people were just like, like mouths agape. Was, everyone had YouTube faces. But not, not in a that sucked way or oh my god i can't believe he fluked it way i was like it was like wow what a what a chaotic ending to the match no i think the reaction was more like wait was that the finish no that, that, that was no so. i i think that was the reaction everyone had was wait was that how was this match because like because they counted three no one counted the three along with the ref so i don't think the crowd expected that to be the finish so when it was they were like whoa what that was the finish and like in a, like the in a positive, I thought the finish was great. Mm. Like honestly, the, the actual construction of it was great. I just didn't think it works for the new Austin Theory character because mm. this is it's just not what we were presented on the last couple of weeks of Raw. This is the old Austin Theory. This is he lucked his way into winning. He accidentally won the title here, and that's not. I don't think that's in came with what we were supposed to be doing with him. But the actual like you know everyone's performance was very very good, and I think the crowd's reaction to that was. No one expected that point was the finish. And then the reaction to that was like, wow, I cannot believe we just mm. saw that finish. It was a, a good reaction from the crowd. I'm not saying it was a bad reaction to the crowd. It was actually the perfect reaction yeah. from the crowd. Well, like, I cannot believe that was the finish. But I don't think everyone was going like, that was wonderfully chaotic. And I, I didn't... Oh, I, got, I, got, I felt like it was. Um, I, I thought all three guys were so intense during this match that I think they could have a couple of months of, honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this, hot potato in this title around. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of the titles in WWE are a, 
I don't want to say stagnant, but they're fixed because they're all on the bloodline and the bloodline can't lose. Yeah. So to have a title like the US title one, now the 24-7 title one's gone, just knock it around between those three guys. So, I, you know, I was watching the, uh, the Triple H press conference and I know exactly why Austin Theory won the belt. It's because <laughs> Triple H was criticized online for the money in the bank cash in debacle because mm -hmm. he's and he's just like hey you know two weeks ago his career was dead but uh yeah, he's walking on water now so like uh guess he's pretty good really isn't he but don't you like, think that was always the plan no i, I when i said on the raw review that i think that austin theory is going to win the yeah. belt because it's the brand new character but triple h's reaction to more was just like oh yeah you thought there was uh, i was burying this kid you? but well now he's got the championship so who's the real winner here your marks which yep. is such a triple h thing to do as well my friend mark's not going to watch your product anymore <laughs> yeah well, they didn't. They st all stopped watching Trip. Like two million people have stopped since you said that word. <laughs> Overall, though, terrific match. Overall, I gave the show 80%, which translates as a four out of yeah, five. It's a four out of five show, yeah. But honestly, it's, a, it's, it's down to a 95, near 100% just for Sammy and Roman. And then yeah. that has dragged up a, a three out of five show. So, you remember how like, I thought Hereditary was totally okay? Like, because I've seen 20 other straight-to-DVD horror movies that have got the exact same plot. Um, but this but this one had Tony Collette doing an amazing performance. Mm. So a lot of people sort of thought it was a 5 out of 5 movie, even though it's actually quite pants. Yeah, I um, remember that patronising opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's purposefully patronising. <laughs> uh, that's what this show was. This show was a 3 out of 5 yes, show yeah, yeah. Yeah. with a 5-star performance in the main event. So you kind of think it's a 5 out of 5 movie at the end of it. And I'm quite happy with that. If you take out the, let's be honest, 10 minutes of Sammy and Roman content from this three-hour, 15-minute pay-per-view, the title of this podcast review is going to be They Botched War Games. Or it was like, yeah, Boar Games. Yeah, Boar Games. Yeah, that's, a, that's Cause, good. Because like nothing else really happened on this show. This was not a good main roster debut debut for this stipulation. Absolutely not at all. But Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns and Jey Uso are so great. I'm like, well, that's probably show of the year though, isn't it? Um, let's see what you all thought on the Usi chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Last call for those there. Uh, will Campbell says, great show last night. Love that we finally got the payoff to Sammy fully joining the bloodline. Sammy stopping the referee's count was one of my favorite spots of the night. I'd say the spot of the night. Also, unless you count the hug as a spot. Also, while Sammy was still looking back to KO while celebrating, Roman was looking um, between them? Back at them? What does that B slash T uh, Between them, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Uh, Laxin Narasim and B. The next feuds would be KO Sammy. I would never turned on you. Wink, wink. Uh, and Seamus Roman. And it would be nice if the Rumble Final Four are Sammy J, KO and Cody. It's always that Cody question mark. Mm. You know, if he's back for the Rumble. Probably chuck a Seth in there for a final five. Mm. Um, also, 2K22 War Guys. <laughs> Bloodline versus Wacken. Uh, do you want to? Uh, yeah, Wacking Wild. I mean, this is a bit of a Raw and Smackdown like mega mix um, <laughs> of Wacking Wild, Tucker, Slapjack, Mr. Higglesby, and Jive Owens. They are the. I mean, someone on that SmackDown show must really like Whacking Wild, though. Uh, no name. What if, as a reward for being loyal, Roman gives Sammy one of the titles, making Jey Uso jealous, maybe as a punishment for the missed superkick? Good stuff, lads. 
I don't think Roman would get all this effort to win both belts and just hand one of them over like it's nothing. Um, and also, I I don't want Jay to continue to be annoyed with Sammy now. No. That has now been resolved. We move forward. We find new tension. Um, Ket, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think the grand majority of Ronda Rouse's matches are not good. They're either boring and or bad. She might be my overrated wrestler in WWE right now. She's certainly the most disinterested wrestler, but I, I don't think it's a particularly hot take. I think most people are in agreement that Ronda Rousey's matches are, have been bad in 2022. Because if you like, if you were to take all of Ronda's matches and go through them, you've got, obviously her debut was incredible at WrestleMania with the tag match. Ronda Charlotte at Evolution was that uh, no, that was, that was that was Ronda Nikki. That was Ronda Nikki. Uh, the exactly. Ronda Charlotte one was Survivor Series. And that's where Charlotte got cheered for turning. Yeah, yeah. I can't really. And then the tell. triple threat has the the massively botched finish yeah. to it. Yeah, I think overall Ronda Rousey is not good. Uh, Joe first fifteen. The best story in wrestling right now is Austin Theory learning to harness the Beyblade quad drive. If I'm two weeks. If in two weeks he doesn't have a new finish of a TKO called Let It Rip or a 360 roundhouse called The Quad Drive, it is a missed opportunity. I cannot believe Beyblades are, are back. I used to work in a, I was working in a toy shop when Beyblades first came out and it was like this new cool hot thing. And mm -hmm. I was like, he's a really cheap plastic cack. <laughs> like I know, like I, you know, I, I grew up in the 80s, so like I've, I've been surrounded by cheap plastic cack my whole life. But then I was, I was like, well, you know, I used to play with Pogs and Pogs are way worse than these are. Jose Rivero Valentin. Hey guys, so I was at the show last night, and like I said in the live stream, the crowd wasn't all that great. They took me out of the show a lot. Some even tried to get this tasteful chance going. This was the complete opposite of the Extreme Rules crowd. Interesting. Yeah, the crowd were not good. They weren't even popping for the the War Games entrant reveals, which is just like, you get to do a countdown and everything. Uh, Andrew, the last airbender. I'm very excited about Wrestle League being back. Even more excited that I got a perfect card. I think everyone is going to be in joint first place in Wrestle League. Apart from Pete. Yeah. But also very sad that my points apparently didn't register. <gasps> Who do I cry to and ask if they can fix this? Germity, uh, um, that Germity. Yes, the current Wrestle League only available for Patreons right now because we are testing it. So these these things are great that they've happened. We can fix it uh, if you just send a message on Patreon. We will look into it and get those points ready for you and fix it so it doesn't happen again. German Chavez, finally. Happy Sunday, gents. Two things. One, RIP Chopper Pete, you will be missed. And two, any Rumble predictions now that we're done with War Games? Have a great day, lads. Still no thing. I've still got nothing for the Rumble mm. in terms of who's a Rumble winner. And I think that's only because I've still got Cody returning in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think the Sammy thing is getting too hot to not do anything with. I don't think it'll be Sheamus because Sheamus, I think, will have the match with Roman. Um, I mean, I, I say that the the Rumble will be so focused on the Bloodline. Yes, that yeah. will be the thing in the Rumble. That's that's the only prediction that I've got. As you could say about any of WWE <laughs> programming, I've just seen another chat come in, but I can't read it from here. I can do. Uh, if Luke had a series uh, to let us know if Ronda was actually good, I would watch it. <laughs> uh, that was from the legit underboss Jimmy Thomas, been a member for nine months. You didn't usually do ones that were no. They aren't good. Uh, no, I did do a couple that, yes, uh, they yeah. are good, because I did the Royal Rumble and uh, Edge. Quite definitively, yes, they're uh, actually good. good. But Ronda would probably be no. no. And I, I suppose you could then look into it as an argument of like, well, has she brought in new eyes to the product? Mm. 
Well, she got them a banging deal for Fox. Yeah. With SmackDown. And, and then left. Um, well, thank you very much for joining us here today. Uh, thank you for all your chats and for joining us on the live stream last night with Pete and Tempest. Uh, please do press subscribe. We've got the Raw review coming with all the fallout on Tuesday. Go over to the WrestleTalk main channel where you can see my review and Chopper Pete's immediate reactions. And later on, Luke's news with all the backstage happenings from Survivor Series. Like a certain AEW star potentially going back to WWE. Going back to WWE? Question mark. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps to detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 